another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm excited to introduce 49ers Ticket Operations Manager, Marcus Wong. I think you are the first person from ticketing to be on this podcast, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, It's my honor to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and it's really cool to uh, hear some of my colleagues, um, sort of their job responsibilities and frankly, what they like outside the office. So thanks for doing the podcast and hosting, and I'm excited to be here. As a manager of ticket operations, what are your main responsibilities? So I would say, you know, one of the things that uh, is my main responsibility is sort of to just make sure that every person who visits Levi Stadium from an event standpoint has a perfectly functioning ticket. Obviously, Uh, Nobody likes to see that red flash at the scanner that doesn't allow them to get into the stadium. So it's kind of my main duty to make sure that up until the moment that the ticket is being scanned, it works as intended. And, you know, keep in mind, this is not just for the 49ers. It's also, you know, Levi Stadium events that we have year round, which includes, you know, college football, soccer, motorsports, and of course, concerts. And that's why I kind of find it humorous when everybody... Anybody who I tell, you know, I work for the 49ers when they say, you know, oh, uh, what do you do in the off season? And it's like, you know, we actually have a lot to do in the off season. And, uh, you know, this is part of my responsibility to just make sure that the tickets work. The 49ers moved to mobile tickets. How is Levi Stadium events? Do you guys have the same ticketing software? Did you have to learn two different programs? No, uh, we still have the same software. And actually, yeah, we have moved to mobile tickets. But despite the pandemic happening, you know, we were already, you know, trying to push forward with mobile tickets years ago. And so we were actually the one of the first teams to try to get our season ticket holders to move to that. And, and, and frankly, it's a more safe and secure way of, you know, roaming the stadium and making sure that, you know, people don't drop tickets or lose tickets. And so no change in the software, but, you know, definitely if you look at the other 31 teams in the NFL, they're all moving to mobile tickets, but a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. And so proud to say that, you know, we're the innovators. We were one of the first innovators of moving to this more digital world, safer and secure. You said that a lot of the other teams or most of the other teams are moving to digital tickets. How much interaction do you have with other teams for best practices or getting a lay of the land? Yeah, no, uh, we're in constant communications with um, their teams. Uh, maybe not just, maybe not me all the time, um, but I do have uh, connections with other teams conversationally, but I know other members of my department have uh, either weekly or monthly meetings with other teams, uh, especially when the season comes closer or if one of our practices, you know, uh, is going to change um, based on like an NFL rule or something like that. So communication with other teams is constant and it's always been that way. You know, we're, 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 we're part of, a, you know, the shield, so to speak. And so, you know, definitely talking to other teams has always been um, something that we've done and something that's always been beneficial for, for us as a league and, and, and frankly, us as uh, an organization. We recently announced the 49ers 2021 schedule, which was, I think, very exciting as an entire organization. I assume that's a really busy day for you. What does that look like? Yeah, no, schedule release day is is the is one of the busiest days of the year, if not the busiest. I would put it up with a couple other things, but uh, man, it's always you know the most exciting day, and it's also the you know the most worrisome day 
at the same time. A lot of preparation goes into it, um, a lot of checks and balances uh, throughout the week. But on the day of, man, the biggest thing is is just kind of making sure we capitalize on the excitement of the schedule being released. You know, dates and times, components, uh, you know, our, our fans who, who either don't have season tickets and, and want to go, they're excited. And so what we what we mainly do on that day is, you know, we go on sale with, with tickets so that uh, our fans who aren't season ticket holders can you know, get a piece of the action and, and, and reserve their spot for the day that, you know, for the game that they want to go to. And so also, uh, you know, it's not just capitalizing the excitement for, for our fans who don't have season tickets. It's also allowing our season ticket members to capitalize on that excitement as well. And so we allow them to go on sale or to repost their tickets for resale. And so just, you know, there's a lot of things that go into both going on sale with primary tickets from the 49ers and, and allowing season ticket members to go on sale with their tickets uh, from a resale standpoint. So it's busy, it's worrisome, it's it's exciting, and it's all those things. But, you know, uh, when the day is over, man, I get home and, and, and relax and, and know that, you know, the, the system and everybody is happy with uh, what they're either purchasing or what they're, you know, maybe selling. Looking at that 2021 lineup at Levi's Stadium, is there a game you're looking forward to most? Uh, man, probably the first game. <laughs> Honestly, the preseason game versus Kansas City Chiefs, man, I just can't wait to get back to the stadium and see fans and, and see people. Uh, I'm excited about that aspect of games. But if we're talking actual, like, you know, opponents, uh, I'm always excited to, to play the, the Seahawks in a, in the same way that I, I mentioned schedule release. It's, it's worrisome and exciting. And, and at the end of the day, you know, best team will win that day. And, you know, I'll have fun being a part of it. So let's shoot in time forward. August 14th rolls around. It's the day that we're going to play the Chiefs. What does your game day look like? Do you have a routine? Any superstitions? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my routine is to wake up every morning, probably three or four hours before I need to, because I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I get ready. Uh, depending on what time the game starts, if it's a night game, I still go in at the same time. It's always around 730 in the morning. If it's a night game at five, I still go in at 730. You know, there's a lot of preparation again especially for those primetime games that we want to be prepared for but if it is a night game you know I'll, I'll bring my 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 suit in um you know I'll wear something comfortable to get in um to stay in but if it's a day game one o'clock start kind of thing um you know I'll get ready at home and you know I'll drive to the stadium I live in San Francisco so it's a 45 to an hour drive but always got the the radio on ready to hear what the big stuff is on the field in terms of the Niners and and frankly, I'm a fan of the NFL too. So, you know, if they talk about other teams, you know, that's exciting too. And so, yeah, that's part of my morning routine. We always have breakfast at the cafe and uh, I hope, you know, we can have that again <laughs> coming up. Then it just sit down and I'm ready to, to go in terms of, you know, doing all the preparation and getting ready for the game. If, again, if it's a night game. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, that's sort of my game day morning routine. And then once gates open, what what does your day look like from that standpoint? Yeah. Fans get there, they're excited. Yeah, we, we get a gates open signal around two hours prior to the game. Suite members and club members, they, they get a three-hour okay to go in the stadium. So once we start allowing tickets, it's, it's checking scans, making sure people are getting in. But then around closer to the game time, when everybody leaves you know, the tailgate and, and they start coming to the game, it starts getting busier and busier and 
we get a lot of fans who, who come to the window and come pick up their tickets or they have ticket issues. Uh, so there's a lot of troubleshooting that goes on. I know I mentioned in, in the very beginning that part of my job is to make sure that everybody's ticket works as you know intended. Unfortunately, with 68,000 tickets, it's, it's kind of hard to get everybody, you know, properly prepared but you know we do our best and you know when it comes to closer to the game it's just kind of troubleshooting people who have ticket issues and, and a lot of uh you know happy people a lot of you know not happy people but at the end of the day uh, if i can get everybody in then that then i'm doing my job and and that's part of my sort of game day routine uh, up until uh kickoff and then kickoff again a lot of latecomers same stuff and then uh it kind of dies down probably around the end of the first quarter. And so I uh, get to kick back a little bit and, and try to pay attention a little bit to the game. But, you know, work doesn't stop if the customer comes and it's time to time to get back to work. Do you have a favorite game or event that you've worked? And whether that was because the atmosphere felt different or just that it was an exciting event? I would say uh, my favorite event uh, that I've ever worked was WrestleMania, believe it or not. Uh, that was, uh, I was a huge wrestling fan growing up and having them come to Levi Stadium was amazing. Uh, and it's spectacle, you know, they truly go all out in terms of how that looks. I just, you know, fireworks show, at the end of the day, there wasn't a real winner or loser. There was, you know, title-wise, <laughs> sure. But, you know, there wasn't a real winner or loser, you know. Uh, I would say if if we had won one of, the two Super Bowls I was part of in terms of Miami or New Orleans, that might have been the standout moment. But, uh, you know, I'm a realist, too, and, and I went home disappointed both those times. So I'm going to have to say WrestleMania was the, was the most awesome event I've ever worked at at Levi Stadium. Going back a little bit, you graduated from San Francisco State. After that, what was your path to the 49ers? Yeah, that was a pretty cool journey that I went through at the time from graduating SF State. So actually my final semester was actually just an internship at City Hall. And I had all the intentions after graduating to work for a professional sports franchise. And one day while working, the fortune gods uh, decided to bring Jed York into a meeting at City Hall. And I shot my shot, so to speak. And I let him know that, you know, I was very interested in working for 49ers. And I guess you could say like an undrafted free agent. Uh, I applied for a job and uh, my boss at the time wrote me a, a killer recommendation letter. And he, he took a chance on this undrafted free agent uh, who had, you know, very little work experience at the time. But, you know, I parlayed it into this awesome career. I've been here for the, for 12 years now. So dream come true to, to, to be where I am today. You're from the Bay Area. You said you wanted to work in professional sports. Was the 49ers always that like A1 choice or did you have, you just wanted to work in sports? No, it was, I, I mean, A1, 49ers, Giants, Warriors, uh, you know, I was a, a big fan of the th those three big sports. But to be honest, no, I just wanted to get into sports. I didn't care. Um, at the time, there was uh, the USFL that was hiring, and I applied for a job with them. I applied for AAA team in, in Sacramento, um, but I also applied for the Giants and Warriors. And so that moment that Jed came in is just one of those things where I was like, you know, I don't know if 
they would hire somebody without sports experience. And so I just let them know that, you know, I wanted to get into sports. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> kind of my path. In that 12 year span, which is amazing, one of the biggest things, in my opinion, that happened was that the team moved to Levi Stadium. What was that process like for you? Because that had to have been a change. Yeah, absolutely. I I worked at Candlestick from 2009 to 2014 before we moved to uh, Levi Stadium. And in those years, frankly, I didn't go to Santa Clara. Uh, our headquarters was still there, but I, I worked in Candlestick. Um, I live 15 minutes away from it. I still do. Um, and so, you know, it was a, a transition. Yeah, for sure. Getting to know the people that were at the headquarters and just getting the layout of what 49 looks like and all the people within it. it. It was a, it was a good and bad transition in the beginning. Traffic, you know, sucked, <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, yeah, I'm working for, uh, the company that ended up being the 49ers, which yeah, it's a dream come true, even though. You know, I just told you a second ago, they weren't like, you know, it wasn't a job that I like sought out in the very beginning, uh, but getting to work for Fortnite is a dream come true uh, for sure. And so, you know, I, I, I sucked it up and I, I just did it. And I was like, I'll drive an hour and a half if that's what it takes. And I couldn't be rewarded more uh, with the people that I've gotten to know at Levi Stadium. Yeah, I had a great relationship with those people at Candlestick and I still do. And most of them are still at Levi Stadium now. But, you know, I would have been fine just having the relationship with those people. Um, but, man, I, I wouldn't have known all the wonderful people that work in Santa Clara at 4-9, including yourself, Haley, if I still worked at Camp State, I, I don't think so. It's, it's pretty awesome getting to know the people. Another transition, one that is significantly less rewarding, fun, take your pick mm -hmm. of synonyms there – was going from a Super Bowl run in 2019 with a packed stadium, an amazing crowd, to no fans in 2020. Because you are, I would say, a pivotal cog in fans' game experience, how did your job change last season? Yeah. One of the things that we always do during the offseason, and, you know, and that's primarily when the pandemic kind of started around March, is always planning and prepping for the upcoming season. And, you know, you, you every year you kind of know what it's going to be like the following season, provided that we're going to have a normal year. So, you know, you kind of always get in place in terms of prepping and, and, and doing all those things. But I would say the difference in the pandemic year in this past 2020 was that we had to come up with multiple plans this time instead, instead of just one plan that we know will work to have uh, socially distanced seats. Uh, and so there's a lot that goes into that, uh, working with our partners at Ticketmaster and, and, and working internally with, you know, my, you know, my manager and, and, and my colleagues, other colleagues in other departments who have a stake in, you know, events. And so it was still busy. Uh, it was still worrying about those things. And it was still, again, planning as if the season was going to happen. And so I would say that while the season didn't happen and yeah, it would be busier if we had events at the stadium, it was still just us coming up with more plans in case we did host fans. And so I would say that it was still pretty busy. Yeah. One thing that you were able to cut out of your routine was that drive to work. 
what have you learned about yourself from work from home? And do you think that's anything that you'll take when you return to the office? I learned a lot working from home, a lot of also about like, you know, work-life balance, you know, driving to work and being at work, being with uh, fellow colleagues and being with people in my department, you know, that was great. And that's always been fun. That's always what I've appreciated about going into work. But yeah, I learned a lot. Uh, I can could, I could still do my job uh, perfectly fine at home. And um, I can also, you know, pay attention to, uh, you know, my, myself. Um, I try to, you know, I try to get in a little bit of work out every day. And, and that's not something that I would have done if I, you know, if I had an hour and a half drive to work, an hour and a half drive home, I would have been too tired to do stuff like that. Um, so working on, you know, myself uh, in terms of uh, physically and, also, uh, I had a I had a baby recently, um, well, nine months ago, and so able to spend more time with both my kids, uh, including my newborn, and so um, I learned, you know, that I can do my job and, and, and be with family, and, and it'd be great. I still I still do miss the people, and so uh, if things got back to normal, I, I would definitely want some sort of balance in which I, I get to go in the office and see the people. Uh, and work with, you know, my colleagues and, 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 and say hi to you guys at lunchtime and, you know, the people that I don't really work with like yourself, but I'd also love to, you know, see my family more often. That's pretty important to me too. Have you thought about or have your kids had their first, well, has your older had their first game day experience? Yes. He's, he's been to a 49ers preseason game. 49ers first Cowboys. He was wearing a 49ers jersey. I, I have a picture of me and him in the stands and uh, you know, I don't really get to visit the stands during during the game, and so it was really a cool moment. Since it was since it was preseason, it was a cool moment that I could take a little bit of time to go go visit my family and, and my wife and and my older son, and just taking that picture uh, with him. Uh, we played the Dallas Cowboys that night, and we beat them. Pretty sure I don't remember it was preseason. I don't keep keep up with those scores, but I'm let's gonna, just call I'm it. I'm gonna a say it was a W <laughs> for sure. I mean, it was the Cowboys, so. So that was a really cool moment. Uh, my daughter has not been to any games yet. Uh, ideally, uh, yeah, I, I have the same exact moment. I pose the same exact way, and I get to show both the, the kids that you know I, I care about them equally. One thing that I'm really curious about is once we return to work more regularly, have you thought about like what are your kids' reactions going to be? To not having you there all the time. Well, they love their mother much more. And so I don't think they'll miss a beat with me not around. Uh, I think my wife, though, she'll, she'll want me around more often because the kids <laughs> definitely gravitate to her to a point in which she's definitely uh, run down a little bit. So, so yeah, uh, my kids, no, don't think about their concerns about me. I think about my wife's concerns about me. <laughs> Yeah, I have to admit, I am in awe of all the parents out there, including yourself, who are doing this with kids. Yeah, I definitely don't don't envy the, the, the parent that works from home full time and also is a parent full time and also a personal chef full time and also a, a, a teacher full time. So I read somewhere that parents that work from home uh, and, and also have kids that are home all day. Uh, you know, they're, they're one fourth parent, one fourth employee, one fourth personal chef and one fourth teacher. And, you know, they have to keep their stuff together. And yeah, I, I luckily have my parents and, and my wife's parents and a lot of people who love our kids who always want to come out and help and help out with my kids. You know, I don't want to brag or anything, but they're pretty good. <laughs> 
This year it's looking brighter. The 49ers are planning to have a full stadium again. What are you looking forward to most this season? I think I said it earlier, um, but the people, man, fans, employees, you know, football players, just anybody who's a human and has a soul. I, I'm looking forward. I'm an extrovert, so like just I just thrive on, you know, social activities, including and especially, you know, uh, football games and, and seeing people, seeing just fans and, and people cheering. And, you know, I can even tell you right now that, you know, I haven't seen disappointed people in a long time. And that's that's weird also, kind of, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like like seeing, you know, like seeing fans who, who are not happy with what's going on. Um, and so I take it all in and I, and I, and I thrive off everything positive energy, the negative energy, but, you know, human energy is, is something that I've always known that I've needed, human interaction. You know, the pandemic was tough for me uh, from a standpoint of, of other human being contact, contact with other human beings, I should say. Um, and so, you know, Zoom's cool, but, you know, you don't get to see everything that you would see in person. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to people. I can't say it enough. <laughs> Another thing upcoming this season is the return of the Raiders in preseason as a well one lifelong 49ers fan and two person who's been working here for 12 years do you have any memories from that rivalry those games not necessarily the games but my best friend one of my best friends is a Raiders fan and so every year me and him had a house of prime rib bet it, it, it encompasses, it's a three-part bet. It is, if we play head-to-head, that's part of it. If we don't, it's just straight record if we make the playoff. So there's a lot of moving parts depending on whether we play them or not. But every year, do you owe me house private or do I owe you house private? And so uh, every time, every chance the Niners uh, come and play uh, the Raiders or or when they went to Oakland, like me and him would, you know, try to uh, get together and uh, watch the game together. But if it was at the stadium, I, I would I, I would help him out and try to get him some tickets uh, so that he can enjoy with his wife. But uh, man, the rivalry is bigger with me and him than I think it is for the 49ers and the, and the Las Vegas <laughs> Raiders. <laughs> I just want to finish off with a quick lightning round. We call it that. It's not really a lightning round, but there's really nothing else to call sure. it. Sure. No problem. <laughs> What's the best career advice you've been given? Uh, it would sound pretty cliche, I think, but work hard. I don't know who's told me that. I think everybody's told me that at some point if I've ever asked them for advice, but work hard. Um, and I, I don't mean like always, you know, work, you know, 24-7. I just mean when something is put in front of you, you know, just do your best you know, don't, don't give up easily. Um, ask whatever questions you have to ask people, but get it done. I would say that in the 12 years, my first five at Candlestick, that's all I did. I, I worked hard. I made sure that everybody in my department knew that I wanted to be there and that there was nothing about me that didn't say like team player or hard worker. And then as soon as I, you know, elevated and moved up, the people that relied on me and trusted me started giving me, you know, more important projects and, and less of the, 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 the lower level stuff um, that I showed the ability that I could do. But that, to me, is what elevated me to where I am today is, is, a, is a constant belief that Marks can do the job and he'll do it hard and he'll, he'll do it when, you know, when he's supposed to. 
I've, I don't feel like I've ever let anybody in my office down and I kind of pride myself on that. And I think that's a tribute to that career advice that I got from so many people. Work hard. If there's someone, and this might be work hard, but if there's someone listening who wants to get into sports, ticketing, or wants your job, what would your advice to them be? Oh, I, I've had this conversation with plenty of people, and yeah, I've told them to work hard as my advice to them. And I, and again, I, I try to explain exactly my career path and, and how I got to where I, I am today. And I, I told them the same story that I just told you. It's, it's proved to the people who, who are watching, who you might think aren't watching, but are watching, that, that you're reliable and that you work hard and then you do the job and, and you, you show constant effort. And so to answer your question, yeah, it's the same thing for me. I'll, I'll tell people the same exact thing that I just told you. We are celebrating the team's 75th anniversary this year. What's your favorite 49ers historical moment? Yeah, I wasn't alive for it, but I think everybody... Most 49ers fans know of this. It's the catch. It has to be the catch to me. It is the one thing that I think propelled this organization out of mediocrity and into world-class, world-famous organization that everybody wants to work for at some point in time. Yeah, it's the catch. Uh, it, it took us into a place that, you know, a, a history. It's the beginning of our history, so to speak, in, in my opinion, in terms of winning, the winning culture, the winning attitude. And I know that the tradition continues to live on that, that we want to win, you know, at all costs. So uh, it has to be the catch for me. The catch was Dallas. Your son's first game was Dallas. Do you remember what your first <laughs> game was? Uh, I do not. Uh, I was, I, I remember going to football games young as a younger kid, but I don't remember what my first game was. Uh, I used to go with an after school program too, or uh, sorry, a summer school program also so they've taken me to plenty of uh, sporting events so i've been to candlestick a number of times before i was actually uh, an employee so i couldn't tell you what my first game was unfortunately do you have a favorite moment from a game you've been to or watched yeah absolutely it was the pick at the stick i want to give a shout out to uh, jim mccurio who i think would be a great person to interview on a podcast if he ever had time to do something like this but shout out to jim mccurio <laughs> Uh, the pick at the stick, farewell candlestick season, last game at Candlestick uh, Park against the Atlanta Falcons. I never, ever, ever got to go on the field in any circumstance uh, at Candlestick Park. And the very last game of the year, pick at the stick, um, happened. Jim Mercurio closed our offices 15 minutes before we normally would close, which would be the end of the game. And he said, I want everybody to go on the field. And man, oh, I, I remember the excitement right now. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I was, ex I was just like, are you serious? Are you, are you serious? We get to go on the field? I was so happy. And we got down to the field, closed the offices, all walked down the field together, standing uh, at the one of the end zones, the end zone that ended up being uh, where Navarro Bowman ran, ran the touchdown in standing there and man I was there for five minutes before it happened and it looked like Atlanta was gonna win I was I was all like man I should never go back on the field because the playoff seed was on the line I was like oh man I don't even I don't I, I should go back inside the office you know we did fine there so but no uh you know Navarro Bowman caught that interception ran it down I was jumping up and down I still watch the video from time to time and I I, I see myself sort of in like a 
uh, old, you know, 2013, you know, pixelated uh, video of me kind of there. Uh, and so, yeah, that was probably my favorite uh, moment, again, just because, you know, uh, I didn't expect to go down the field and, and then I got to and that happened. And, and in my office, actually, I, I have a I have that problem of getting to stick frame right in my background. So uh, it's really cool moment. It's definitely a standout moment for sure. Sticking with favorites, you've been with the organization for 12 years. Do you have a favorite thing about the organization and working for it? A favorite thing about the organization is just the, the, the fact that they're, they're a football organization. I love sports and I love, uh, especially love football, playing football, watching football, throwing a ball around. It doesn't have to be a football. It just Sports in general has always been something, you know, that's amazing to me. But the fact that the 49ers are a football team is probably my favorite thing because uh, I think at some point in my life, the 35 years I've been alive, football became the, the you know, American sport. Um, it used to be baseball, I think, but football just kind of took over. And we only have 10 games a year. So, uh, you know, I don't have to be at the stadium for, you know, like, like baseball. They have been there 82 games a year and, and basketball, 40 41 games a year. And so, you know, the, the, every week, you know, everybody has to wait, you know, six or seven days just to see their team. And that excitement in and of itself, uh, I think is created by, by, by football. Uh, and so I'm just kind of proud to work for a football organization in that sense. Being America's sport, which I agree with, I think the biggest day you could argue then would be Super Bowl. The York family very generously flew us all out to Miami this year, or in 2020, 2019 season for the Super Bowl. I wasn't here for New Orleans, but I assume it's the same. Do you have any memories from going to those two Super Bowls? And although the team didn't win, being there all together? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the coolest things that anybody can do when flying a team charter plane is to be escorted by CHP on like loads of buses from from the stadium to the airport, just kind of sitting there watching how important we feel, how special we feel, uh, getting that ride to the airport and then walking up a tarmac or walking on the tarmac, walking up, you know, the, the steps to get on the airplane. It's a really cool feeling. Uh, that That's one of the things that stood out to me uh, from both the Super Bowls. Um, but you know, specifically New Orleans, I've never been there. Uh, it was fun to explore there. Um, and then when I got to the stadium on, on, on game day, man, it was, uh, Super Bowl was just a surreal atmosphere um, to be there and then uh, sit down in seats. And obviously, you know, we came up short, but it was something that I'll never forget uh, in terms of the experience. Now, you know, when we went to Miami, I knew the experience would be pretty similar, and it, and it was, and so uh, it wasn't as sweet as the first time. I have been dying to ask someone this since the New Orleans Super Bowl happened. What was it like being in a stadium when the lights went out? Well, actually, the lights went out on my side, the side that we were on. You couldn't tell. Like, you're still in a lit-up stadium. It's still bright-ish, you know, because half the stadium is still bright. I couldn't tell. I I looked up and I was like, why is the game not going on? But uh, yeah, I guess the power went out and uh, we had a pretty long delay. And and, and I just kind of remember just not knowing what was going on. 
we had a power outage at Candlestick uh, earlier that year. So it was kind of funny uh, that we had been part of two of them. Final question. Every job posting has that ominous other duties as assigned bullet point all the way at the bottom. Have you done anything with the 49ers that you weren't expecting or that wouldn't be part of the typical job posting? Absolutely. And I'm going to tie the bow around this conversation and tell you that one of those things is doing this podcast. I know it wasn't a responsibility or anything like that, but it's not something I expected to do or be asked to do. But I really, really do like doing stuff like this and talking to people. Actually, you know, I'll go with that. Talking to people is not something, well, talking to fans, so to speak, is not something that, you know, I expected to do too much of working in operations. I always thought it was going to be more of a, a software back end stuff. You know, we have a ticket service team and they're the ones that we ask to talk to the fans and whatnot. But, uh, you know, talking to people has became something that, you know, we do regularly. And I still have a lot of people that call me direct who I work with a candlestick that still remember how I service them and, and our conversations and, and our history together. And so I still have a small group of loyalists, so to speak, who who still want to talk to me, uh, even if it's not ticket related. And so, so talking to people uh, was not something I expected to do as sort of the ominous, like, you know, uh, thing. And then also this podcast, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, doing this, even though I didn't expect to ever have to do something like this. Well, please come back anytime. I know you weren't expecting to do it, but I have had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Marcus. Seriously, come back anytime. All right. Well, if you ever need a guest host, I would love to. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't need to be a guest host. Uh, I think you do a great job. And I, uh, I again, I had a great time doing this. And, and thank you for, for considering me. And, and I hope uh, whoever listens to this isn't uh, asleep after 10 minutes. <laughs>